0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, April the 21st, and a Ramsgate woman who tried to burn down a house while children were inside following a row about a social media post has been sent to prison. Our court reporter, Sean Axtell, joins me now. Firstly, Sean, when did this happen?
1: Well, the court was told Naomi Mitchell was out for revenge after a dispute which started on Facebook. It was back in October 2018, her daughter had been dating a man and Mitchell noticed that another person had liked a picture of him on the website. Uh, the two families involved then clashed in a pub on Harbour Street. and. Later the same evening, the 51-year-old from North Avenue was caught on CCTV walking with a cloth in her hand just shortly after her her victim had just returned home, in fact.
0: So tell us in a bit more detail what she did.
1: Uh, Well, the prosecutor said uh, a witness saw a lit tea towel being pushed through the letterbox of a property in the town. They then managed to open the door and get the burning material safely away from the house, but they saw the grandmother, who was said to be under the influence of alcohol, and could be heard shouting and screaming that this wasn't over. It was also revealed three children were in the house at the time and it wasn't fitted with smoke alarms, but thankfully nobody was injured. After Mitchell was arrested, she initially maintained her innocence but then pleaded guilty to arson before going to trial.
0: And what did the judge say during sentencing, Sean?
1: Well, he, he branded her actions astonishingly dangerous and sentenced her to three years and nine months behind bars. He did accept she wasn't aware children were inside the building at the time, but he did add... Uh, her remorse was a little limited.
0: Sean, thanks ever so much. Kent Online News. A Tunbridge man who plotted to kill his ex-wife and then destroy the scene in a fire has been jailed for almost 30 years. Thwan Din had stalked his former partner, who was the manager of a nail bar in the town, before taking her hostage in March 2019. The 53-year-old from Rowan Mews has been locked up for 28 years and will have to serve another four on licence when he's released. It's claimed a woman found with serious head injuries in Ramsgate had been left for dead. The victim, who's in her 60s, remains in hospital following the alleged attack in Elizabeth Road at the weekend. Police say they're going through CCTV to try and find out what happened. A Kent politician's due to go on trial accused of sex crimes almost 40 years ago. New Romney town councillor Russell Tilson is alleged to have assaulted boys while teaching at Tunbridge School between 1984 and 2001. The 72-year-old from Ship Close in Dimchurch has been given unconditional bail and is due at Crown Court in June next year. The organisers of two large St George's Day parades in North Kent say they've been racially abused online. Events are taking place in Gravesend and Dartford tomorrow. Hundreds of schoolchildren will be celebrating England's diversity. Well, Govinda Sander is from Cohesion Plus who've been organising events around the patron saint for the past 10 years.
2: Well- when I was growing up, um, be it the St George's flag, be it the Union flag, it was kind of seen as kind of owned by the far right. And for me, it was about reclaiming the flag back for the majority, not the minority. And it's sad, even now in 2022, we still get racially abused online, when we, particularly around St George's Day. about why is it that we are uh, organising it, we're not English? Um, and for me, that is the minority. And I think you'll see with the celebrations, in integration with Dartford tomorrow, that when it comes down to it, you know, the majority are with me. And it's not about the colour of my skin. It's not about, you know, where my parents were born. It's about celebrating the diversity of England in 2022. And I'm proud of what we've achieved. Um, and, you know, the abuse we get online... Uh, particularly from, you know, far-right groups, that isn't going to stop and deter us from doing what we do, being Gracious Dartford or in the county of Kent. And as I passionately say over and over again, there's more than unite than divides. And I'm proud of what we, we as Cohesion Plus have been able to achieve.
0: As you say, you can just block those comments, you can delete them. Does it surprise you that still happens at this particular time?
2: It's just so disappointing. You know, growing up, was regularly racially abused. And you think now, things are much, much, much better. But it's just, it's so frustrating that you still have got this minority. Um, And obviously they hide behind social media to uh, put the posts up. But as I said, I stand there publicly in the open and I'm proud of what we do. And I feel... And I'm sure, and I know I'm right, that we represent the majority view and not the minority view.
0: The festivities themselves will get underway in Gravesend Town Centre at 9.45 tomorrow morning and finish at around 11.30. They'll then take place in Dartford between 12.45 and 2.30. Events will also be happening in Dartford on Saturday, which is St George's Day itself. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. Four men have been arrested after a car was attacked with a baseball bat in Dover. It happened after an argument broke out between a group of people in two vehicles in Pencester Road last Saturday. One of the cars also collided with a taxi while driving away. We're told the suspects are aged between 18 and 21 and have been released on bail. A former soldier from Canterbury is refusing to take down a flagpole bearing the Union and Ukrainian flags. Nigel Hart put it up outside his mum's council home off Story Road to show support for the armed forces. However, the councils ordered him to remove it from the communal garden because of health and safety. You can see the flags by heading to the story at Kent Online. A second convoy of firefighters, meantime, has left from Kent to provide aid to Ukraine. 21 vehicles carrying firefighting equipment are making the journey from Ashford to the war-torn country. Around 100 fire stations and 250 fire have been destroyed in the conflict. Now, the boss of a security firm in Canterbury says they've invested £10,000 in body armour for their staff because of a rise in knife crime. There have been two stabbings in the city just this month. One happened in Canterbury Lane, the other in a house on Downs Road. Well, our colleagues at KMTV have been speaking to Ollie Nonis, who's from Acon Security.
3: I think that it's a very real problem that needs seriously addressing um, because... Again, growing up in Canterbury, I've always felt safe in my own town. I've always felt that, you know, you could go out at night and, you know, family and stuff would go out at night and it was safe. And I still believe it is, but I think there there needs to be a lot more done to combat the current issue that's happening.
0: What do you uh, think could be done? It's, an, it,
3: it's, it's something that everyone says and it, it really would be uh, an impact, would be having more visible police presence on the streets. Um, you know, more familiar office, the fatal officers, familiar with with the faces that know the town and know the people. Potentially, um, I firmly support personally uh, stop and search. I really do believe that, that that needs to play an impact.
0: How does it impact your security staff?
3: Um, I, I, from what I've seen, it, you know, it has created. We're always apparent of the the fears and the the dangers within the role. That's that's always. You know we're, we're we're told of that um and i think one of the the things that everyone a lot of people like working in canterbury is they it didn't feel as let's say as scary as well not scary but it wasn't as worrying to work in canterbury as it may be some other areas um but i think the dynamic of that has definitely changed and i think it's become more apparent we've had a lot more staff request um, body armor so stab vests um, because of the the current rise and what's happening. We've just invested um, nearly £10,000 in body armour um, for for the staff um, because it's there's not really much we we can do. The, 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 the problem is there. We're trying to do as much as we can to protect our staff. Um, I think that we... I think more support in trying to combat it. I mean we can search Everyone coming into venues and we can catch them um, if they've got weapons or anything else like that. But fundamentally, the back end process, the police CPS, um, need to be addressing it in a more serious manner.
0: You, you mentioned one incident where you did detain someone with a weapon. Mm. Um, can you tell me briefly a little bit about
3: that? I can. Yeah. Um, so we we were. Uh, it was it was a certain night, and um, as we do on on sort of every night really searching people come to a club, the male was searched with a backpack as he came to the club. Uh, our member of staff, while well, going through the backpack, pulled out which I would say is probably uh, at least a 16 inch to, to probably 20 inch handle and blade sheath knife, um, which I would describe as a military grade or often described as a Rambo style knife. Um, the male then tried to snatch the knife off our member of staff. Um, our member of staff managed to hold on to it, he ran off, um, our team chased him, managed to catch him, detain him for the police. Uh, the police turned up very promptly, he was arrested, um, but I think it was approximately three hours or two, three hours later, um, said male returned to where the incident occurred, or the, the bar that the venue had occurred, and continued to stand outside taunting the members of staff that had been released and wasn't getting charged.
0: Police say it's important to recognise levels of knife crime in the county are relatively low but they're not complacent and do continue to tackle it. We've also been asking people in Canterbury if they feel safe. Personally
3: I do um, but I understand why some people perhaps wouldn't. Um, Also as well I can't remember the last time I saw a policeman on the high street.
1: Daytime? Yes. Evening probably wouldn't go around on my own. Yes, on the whole I do, um, but I think the
0: city has got a problem with the homelessness. And you can watch KMTV's video report and let us know what you think about knife crime in Kent by heading to the story and commenting at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. Concerns have been raised about unsanitary and inhumane conditions at a traveller site near Ramsgate Port. Local councillors say port loo's are being left unempted for weeks, overflowing bins not collected and children have to walk miles to find somewhere to wash. The two families who are there have now launched a judicial review over their treatment. Thanet Council and KCC have been asked for a comment. Now, not brilliant news for drivers today. Operation Brock is going to remain in place on the M20 until after the May Day bank holiday. The Kent Resilience Forum, who are the people in charge of planning for emergencies in the county, say cross-channel capacity is still down by about a third because p and services remain suspended. It is hoped the decision to keep Op Rock until at least May the 2nd will prevent major lorry queues in the county, though. A Thanet man who suffered years of abuse as a child has bravely spoken to the Kent Online podcast today and urged all of us to report it if we think a youngster is in danger. It's as new figures from the NSPCC show there were an average of 14 referrals every day to authorities in London and the South East last year to investigate concerns about child abuse and neglect. Well, Sam suffered at the hands of his adoptive father for nine years, while his mum was working night shifts. He's been speaking to Jamie.
4: From a very young age, I was um, sort of exposed to domestic abuse um, that I was witnessing. and then from there, um, from the age of sort of four to five, I was subjected to uh, physical abuse, which then led into um, emotional abuse, more about um, being put down, um, sort of uh, making me feel worthless and um, powerless in a sense. And um, basically from well, five, six, um, sexual abuse started as well. Um, and then all of this was going on at home. But I guess from a young age, um, I thought this was kind of normal. Um, and I wasn't. it wasn't until sort of going around friends' houses and witnessing what a normal um, sort of household um, was like, I didn't um, really understand what was going on in mine and, and how that could be different from anyone else's. So I guess I kind of thought that this was going on everywhere, um, so never did it appear to me at the time um, that I needed to say anything. Um, and I guess this went on for a good, well, f- from my earliest memories of three to four up until sort of 14 when I eventually spoke out myself, um, this, was, this was happening.
0: And what advice then
1: on, on that point would you have for others who might find themselves in a vulnerable situation now?
4: Yeah, I'd say for anyone in um, a vulnerable situation, I think it's vital. I think time is a massive factor. And I think the earlier you can get an intervention or try and reach out, um, speak to a reasonable, uh, responsible adult, or, you know, get get hold of a phone, you know, call, call the NSPCC, you know, reach out for that kind of referral, try and get that help. It's, it's, it's just about as quick as you can do it. It's got to be... As soon as you can. Don't leave it. Don't leave it a day. I think time's so valuable, and I think going forward, as a young person, to kind of get that help earlier and trying to get the ball rolling.
0: Sure. And and on that point, then, what advice would you have for adults who maybe have concerns about a child they suspect is in a in a similar situation? I
4: think everything has to be taken seriously, and I think you have to understand that um, although some things can be mistaken. Or you know, it can seem like someone's behaving in a way, you know, withdrawal and stuff like that. You know, someone's not. I think you have to address this. You know, raise that concern. I think you can reach out to the NSPCC, and you know, you can ask if you're unsure. I mean, it's it's okay not to know, and um, and I think you can get a, you get that advice, get get a better understanding. And I've, I think you've got. It's just being aware of if, in any doubt, and in any shape or form that you feel that something might be going on that you have to raise that concern because the same with it's just how valuable time can be in a situation and how not leaving someone to be in a vulnerable and in in harm's way I think it's just so vital that the smallest you know whatever you think is the smallest minute detail raise it log it you know get that information there report it and reach out and then try and get the help and
0: support. The NSPCC is urging anyone with concerns about a child, even if they're unsure, to contact their helpline to speak to one of the charity's professionals. You can call 0808 800 5000. That's 0808 800 5000. You can also email help at nspcc.org.uk That's help at nspcc.org.uk
1: Kent Online reports.
0: Elmer has packed his trunk and is heading for a tour of Kent. One of the elephant sculptures that was part of the art trail in Maidstone last summer will be taken out to visit other parts of the county over the next six months. Some of the places you can see it include Lenham, Stablehurst, Marden, Headcorn and Yielding. There's a last-ditch attempt to save a cafe at Leybourne Lakes Country Park near Snodland. It's being forced to close to make way for a new one, which is costing £800,000 to build. Well, they've launched another petition to allow them to move, which has the backing of local MP Crouch. If you head to Kent Online today, you can see pictures of a Medway pub that's been given a makeover by its new owners. A young family took over running the ship in Lower Upna earlier this year. It's been given a new play area, colourful beach huts and a marquee in the garden. And the Kent Online podcast has been told hundreds of applications have been submitted for street parties in Kent to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Kent County Council have received a total of 598 applications for road closures over the long weekend in June. KCC got rid of the fee for road closures in the county to allow more people to celebrate and the deadline to put in an application was the end of March. Well, today, Her Majesty is celebrating her 96th birthday. There's been a 41-gun salute in London's Hyde Park while the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have called her an inspiration.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Cricket and Kent have welcomed Hampshire to Canterbury for their latest game in the county championship. It follows their defeat to Lancashire last time out and a draw with Essex in their opening game of the season. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Rajikanu has been in action at the Stuttgart Open. She thrashed American Storm Sanders 6-1, 6-2 yesterday to set up a tie with German player Tamara Korpach. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do that, you need to subscribe. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat, and Vauxhall.